0: Welcome to Unfederated, a podcast for freelancers hosted by a brother and sister who are polar opposites but have found a way to make a living doing what they love. Hey, Zara, how's it going?
1: Pretty good. How are you doing?
0: You know, not too bad. How's your week been?
1: Well, um, you know, it's July. It's been um, kind of a slow week oh, yeah? for me. So, it's you know, always a mixed bag.
0: Yeah. So what do slow weeks look like in your world?
1: Um, well, they happen uh, still. And I know that our, uh, our, um, job, uh, industries are a little bit different in this way. Cause you, as I understand it, have, you know, people who are kind of on retainer, um, uh, and need similar amounts of your hours every month. Um, and my job is not like that. So sometimes I have just so much to do and sometimes it's less so. And a lot of that's dependent on things completely outside of my control. Like, um, the holiday or the fact that people are taking vacation a lot more or just happenstance. So th- they happen. And then, um, I joke, I have this joke. I, every time I have a slow day where I'm like, Oh, now I have to get a job at Walmart <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't matter. I mean, Last month was my best month yet, right? But still, <laughs> I didn't have anything to do on a Monday. And I was like, I don't know. Do you even get to, like, bring your own little vest? Or do you have <laughs> to wear theirs? <laughs> so and they mostly look like me spiraling, <laughs> to answer your question. Spir- spiraling and being filled with self-doubt.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, because I-, I struggle with this. Do you... Are you able to take slow days for what they're worth and and enjoy them because when they're not slow, you, you know, your, your nose to the grindstone or do slow days kind of, kind of send you into a little bit of a panic?
1: Oh yeah. They're super panicky, but I do, they happen. And, um, especially if you're just starting out, um, if you have a slow moment, um, well, first of all, it will be slow starting out usually for most people. so. that's hard. It's it's like when you're looking for a job and everyone's like, oh, enjoy this time. You're not working. And you're like, I <laughs> will not enjoy this time. <laughs> you know, like I might be at the poor house. I don't even know where to find the poor house. I've just been told about it a lot growing up. Um, Easy for <laughs> you to say. Yeah. <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, But uh, it's hard to enjoy. But when, you know, you can... You, remind yourself of the facts and numbers and realize that there's stuff coming tomorrow (laughs) that you already know about and can talk yourself down off the ledge. The best thing you can do is just cut your losses and do something fun instead. I mean, I find that that's true. Like if you have a slow day and you really just don't have anything you have to do, if you're able to just embrace that and go, like I'm in Denver, so I go paddleboard at the reservoir or whatever in the middle of the day or go on a hike in the middle of the day, you know in the end when you're going to bed, you're like, "That was a great day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went and paddleboarded, I hiked. I've made good decisions. But if you stare at your computer all day in your office until six and panic, then um, you, you know you you're not going to feel good about your life choices at the end of that day.
0: yeah, when, so we actually had an organic moment uh, Friday um where you of last week where you te- we were texting about something and uh you were asking if i was available to to help if a certain situation manifests itself and i was like well yeah i'm i'm actually just playing golf at 10:30 <laughs> yeah. on on a friday morning and you're like oh that's funny i'm headed to go play tennis with a friend of mine and yeah. we were kind of like oh cool
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like, all right, well, uh, let me know if you need anything. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. yeah. and, and that was interesting to me. Cause that's the first time I, I think that I've just said, cool. Like I don't have anything to do today. Yeah. It's supposed to rain all weekend. I was really hoping to play golf. I'm just going to go play golf today. And then if it rains this weekend, like it doesn't matter. I'll, I'll catch up or, you know, uh, if there's something to catch up on or, or just enjoy my time away. And that, that was a struggle for me. Like i I felt like I was. Uh, like playing hooky from school. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I was constantly looking around, hoping that I wouldn't see someone that I knew that,
1: Oh, I know. That's like, a, <laughs> at least you're golfing. That's like a leisure sport that's acceptable during the workday, right?
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, it wasn't a nice golf course and I was there by myself. So, yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> How's that new business son, you know, working out for you, Rob? You know, all
0: the makings of unemployment too. So Yeah. <laughs> tough. Um, well, what kind of things do you, do you have things that you try to save up outside of your, your uh, tennis skills? Do you have have things that you try to dedicate to slow times that, to, to make the most of those, or do you just kind of ride the wave?
1: I do have things um, that I try to really force myself to do um, for my own mental health. I think it's just a lot better if I can do something outside and fun. In the winter here, um, I'll go like on a Thursday. Traffic's awful, so um, it, for the weekends to get into the ski mountains, it's just miserable. So if you can go on like a Thursday morning at 10 to ski at like Arapahoe Basin or somewhere that's nearer to Denver, um, that's great because, you know, it, it's just like the golfing thing. You're like, Oh, this is fantastic. I'm doing this. I didn't have to sit in line. Um, you don't stress uh, about the fact that you don't have work to do because you're doing something else. So I highly recommend that, but that's not a thing you can do every day because then you're unemployed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So you have to also have things. And I always do have projects that I'm like non-billable work that I've put aside and thought, um, like this week, uh, you know, it, it picked back up towards the end of the week, but, um, I have been wanting to really drill down on some of the specific questions I have about the new privacy laws, the GDPR stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's super unbillable. of am just teaching myself. So it was great. You know, I sat down like it was my job and I was studying for a final and just thought I'm going to learn everything that I can learn about this. And um, having those opportunities that just make you a better uh, professional and then you're you're able to take work or, uh, see potential for work in other places. So that's one way that I do it. Do you, do you ever, um, when do you find time or segment time out to like educate yourself and spin up on new skills?
0: Yeah. in in my world, it feels like there are significant changes almost daily. And yeah. and often there are, if, if you're following enough of the channels, you know, to. Uh, where digital advertising can take place. So I get a lot of that trickling in all the time, through, often through Twitter or um, emails I get. And so I've tried to develop a system that allows me to save those things so that I can go and act on them when things are slower. And you mentioned before kind of uh, my retainer work, Um, my, an average month for me often looks like a really busy first week of the month and a really busy last week of the month. Um, Mm -hmm. and then the two weeks in between are usually kind of up for grabs. And so if I have some one-time, you know, projects that aren't retainer work, great time for that to float, you know, to be plugged in. Um, otherwise that that's kind of the little stretch while I'll I'll do some of the education or I'll, I'll take, um, all of that stuff I've stored up and go back and, and take a look at it. Um, I use an app called Instapaper, which is um, fairly popular and in, in the tech circles at least, but
1: I've never heard of it. Just oh, <laughs> I want to be clear. There you go.
0: Um, so it allows you to save links to articles and something okay. that you can go back and read later. Um, and there's another app called pocket. Um, I'll hmm. include links to both of them. They're, they're both great, but uh, so I'm scrolling through t- Twitter, the Twitter app I use allows me to just, you know, click and hold on the link uh, when I see a headline that I want to read, or if it's from say Google's AdWords blog or something like that, where I'm going to try to read every single thing they post, I'll, I can just get it and hold it. And it gives me the option to send it directly to Instapaper or pocket. And so I, I do. And so I, I never even open it, you know, I'm just like, Oh, that looks like something I need to read. Oh, that's from an author I really like, you know, that writes about. Your business strategy or whatever. And, and I save all that so I can go back and, and spend some time going through it. Um, uh, yeah. w- when I have time. And so that's been, uh, really helpful to me. And in particular, my monthly seasonality where I'm usually not, if anything, uh, one or two weeks behind of whatever that thing is that, that has happened that I'm, you know, slow to catch up on.
1: That works out really well because then I hope you're able to like enjoy, you know, that the last week of the month is going to be busy. So you don't have that kind of mild panic that um, some of us professional services people get where um, they think nobody's ever going to call again.
0: Yeah, I, uh-uh. I admire that of you because I couldn't, I mean, you know, most of my clients are six or 12 month agreements and so like i can look ahead and forecast the rest of my year pretty pretty reasonably and and i would i would really struggle with the notion of of slow seasons if if i was just kind of looking at you know quote uh, an empty pipeline what have you
1: yeah it's uh it's a different wave for sure but there's a couple things that i have noticed this week that made it you know, just a, basically like a protocol uh, to use the like medical terminology, you know, like, all right, slow things, slow week is happening, protocol, take the afternoon off, go do something fun. Maybe like you'll get six emails while you're gone and you'll be glad that you didn't mm-hmm. just sit and stare at the computer when you didn't have to. Um, if that doesn't, you know, solve it and you're still slow the next day, um, s- start working you know, on what you want to educate yourself on and make a plan there. I am a lawyer, so a lot of what I do is talking and writing and summarizing and analyzing. So I don't always feel like I have a lot of capacity for creative content writing that we talked about in the last episode, you know, like blog posts and stuff, Mm -hmm. um, because I've just done so much of it already every day. Um, But if you're slow, then that's a good time to start making plans on what content to put out there that can kind of go hand in hand with what you're wanting to learn cuz I like to quiz myself a little bit on it like I want to learn this thing and then the end goal is to write a blog post on it and that that way I have to actually learn it well enough and then this is a, the dark side of um, being a freelancer or solo e ish like I am I'm in a small firm but sim- similar um financial model and, and autonomy model um is collections You know, like, I actually had time to look at my books and figure out, right, my overdue invoices and follow up with everyone. And I hate doing that. And I'll absolutely always put it off in favor of new work. (laughs) But um, it takes both. It takes doing bringing in business, doing the work and getting paid to actually uh, have this career. So um, I think that a week where you're slow, where you're able to actually follow up with and collect on some overdue invoices is still a really profitable week.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. And you've got something at the end of the week you've got to show for it too because
1: Yeah. You're and you've touched back with in with a lot of your clients, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe they've got some work that they've been um, sitting on that they remember when they hear from you. That's probably if it goes on a day longer, that's probably the next step in the protocol for me is to, um, you know, just take inventory of my clients and remind myself, you know, what they're all looking at this, uh, season and reach out and just, you know, offer something helpful or just, um, touch base with them.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you, do you find that collections process does uncover work fairly regularly
1: um i would say not a ton because uh, in my case i have not historically been great at collecting so by the time i'm um emailing somebody about an overdue invoice it's like 180 days overdue uh, yeah. <laughs> and they're like who what um so i need to get better at that um my billing software that i use that almost all lawyers use uh, has recently been redesigned and it actually um, has aging reports in a way that you can actually as- access now <laughs> so hopefully that will uh, help me be better about staying on top of it in which case I think it, it definitely will um, touching base with clients always helps because um, they mean to reach out to you but they haven't yet um, Yeah, yeah. you don't have to I mean how do you work that out you don't really have to play collections do you
0: uh, occasionally I do most, I, I try to, uh, you know, I guess this is a hack for whenever it's a, a life hack for whenever it's possible. But since most of my billing is very predictable and repetitive, uh, a lot of it, I try to get streamlined as much as possible. So occasionally I'll have, you know, one-time projects that don't fall into that category. And, and those I'm usually billing at weird times of the month and then, with different stipulations as far as where in the scope of the work we are and that sort of thing. And that's a little more complicated to to keep track of and subsequently leads to um, some collections issues. And and so uh, occasionally I have someone that I'll be working with that's just really bad about that sort of thing. And since I don't have a tremendous high turnover of clients, I I will um, begin to, Deal with that fairly proactively because I, it's just really a, since I don't have to, that's a part of my business that I would try to minimize at all possible, even if it means that I lose a client over it. Um, that I, I hasn't come to that before, but you know, uh, 95% of my clients pay me timely, you know? Yeah. And, and so if, if the other 5% don't, then we can, um, we cannot do it or we can find someone who does, you know. Right. Um, so and and I don't know, it's one of those things that gets to me like it's a it's a respect thing, right? Like I'm doing the things I'm saying I'm gonna do within a time frame that's agreed upon and and I want clients that respect me enough to do the same. So Yeah.
1: Um and uh I mean it, it's good practice because even though it's difficult to follow up with them. Uh, when something's 15 days overdue or what have you, it's a lot more welcome when they remember the service you provided, Mm -hmm. you know, the further out you get, the more, um, unwelcome that reminder is and the, uh, the more frustrating I think it it is for anyone in that instance to uh, pay. And for me, I don't have a great way to accept credit card payments, um, And a lot of times people want to use that when they're starting a business to uh, manage their cash flow Um, because they like that 30 days between uh, when they charge it. And so that is a system failure on my part. Um, And the reason I don't have... Go ahead. (laughs) No,
0: I was going to say because I was going to ask about this and as you said that it reminded me. So I do have some automated email reminders that go out and it's my bookkeeping software that does it that, that pesters people at, um, actually I think the first one they get is the day before it's due and just says, Hey, don't forget. Yeah. And then seven days after, and then I've got a couple for like 30 and 45 days after, um, one of the things that, I've asked clients to do for better, or for worse. And it's worked out so far Is pay me a, a little quicker than they would a big agency. Like I kind of right. ask more of them as from a timeliness standpoint, because it, yeah. it perhaps matters a little bit more to me, but, um, and, and that's helped a lot, but some of the automated email reminders, I occasionally get a response from they're like, Oh yeah, thanks for the reminder. They're yeah. sorry, whatever that
1: kind of stuff. That is a good idea. And I think, I know, I mean, I suspect you have your invoices set up so you can do like a click to make an electronic payment
0: for sure. And and since most of them are recurring, actually on the first day of each month, I'll log in and I'll have drafts already exist that have already been populated for me. So it's just a matter of proofing them and sending them out.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, there's so much, so much, uh, archaic stuff. Relating to trust accounting and things, Mm -hmm. um, that it's it's just a whole undertaking to have that kind of set up for a lawyer. Um, I'm still trying to get it done, but it's like a lot of loopholes and or. Yeah. You have to find loopholes. You have to jump through hoops. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. You have to jump through hoops. <laughs> and um, so I, I kind of am sympathetic to people who – I'm very sympathetic to, to people who are taking a little bit longer to pay me because sometimes my clients don't have checks, you know? And I'm like, oh, an old school check in the mail is best. And they're like, I don't have a checkbook. And I'm like, you know, me neither. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what I would do in your case because – like I haven't worded checks in a long time.
0: Yeah, I, I was trying to think of just some of the other ways I use slow time and beyond, I mean, we're kind of touching on one and that's just kind of streamlining internal operations. Um, yeah. Last week, I spent some time researching some new software for that allowed me to kind of do my thing a little more efficiently, I hope. And um, I was using one thing, found another th- thing that I liked and and it's a, it's always kind of, finding something like that and transitioning all your clients from one to the other creates this, uh, liability. You know, there's this opportunity for you to screw something up that, that you might not other have might not otherwise have if you're keeping them on the same path. And so that's always a time that I always want to do that in a time where I have m- more than normal, the amount of capacity to really. Yeah. Keep an eye bandwidth, on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um so that that helps a lot and anything that I find um I've got a like a little uh, note that I keep and anytime I feel like I I'm doing the same thing over and over and over again yeah. I'll I'll jot it down and and during that slow season I kind of ask myself the question of how could I automate this how could I make this more efficient what have you um, and that's
1: you're really good about that. That's super inspirational to me because I always try to um follow in your footsteps of recognizing those areas and patching them up. That's a really good point, like I bought that iPad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and got it all set up this week because I had the time to go to the the Apple Store in the middle of the day, and go to Verizon, <laughs> and um, yeah, you know, it's funny because you think oh I didn't do much this week, but um, I also did work. I just didn't do as much as usual, and you know, I did all these other things um and then setting up all you know downloading all of the apps and finding the logins and you know all figuring out how to use it <laughs> all of that stuff so now i'm an ipad user
0: yeah <laughs> yeah that kind of stuff and and that's what i feel like is such a temptation to you know change takes so much more energy than same does right and mm. and so carving out enough time to improve your business takes a lot more energy than than just continuing to keep things rolling in the the same direction. And, um, and, and and part of it too is like quality of work. Like, you know, me, me doing the same repetitive thing over and over and over. Like I'm very incentivized to try to figure out a way to streamline that because it's, it's just sucks, you know, like, like it makes me reminds me of like the internships I did in college where I was just doing like data entry and and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, uh, and in a world where, uh, you know, you and I both, you know, largely get paid by the hour. You know, if I can do more in less time, I often then have more capacity to do more. You know, and, and absolutely. The money and and whether I can get it done super efficiently, if we've agreed, agreed upon a price, is is really that just puts the onus on me to figure out a way to do it more efficiently. And if I can, good for me. Like I should get rewarded for that. You know. Yeah. Um. So just kind of helps. You mentioned this earlier, but the, the notion of having when it's feast or famine, when it, when it's feast, there's only w- one of us, you know, there's only one of us to be able to do the work. And so right. a little bit more than what we can handle is a big problem, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and and so then when it's, when, when it's famine also it equally, feels like a big problem. And yeah. so I, you know, I, I guess my number one thing I've tried to do is do my best to schedule work for when I know I'm going to have predictable seasons of, of slow, you know, and so right. I, I don't feel bad about that, but, um, but the, as you mentioned, that's, that's rarely, rarely do you have that luxury to, to know it's coming and to be able to have something to plug in.
1: Yeah. I think you just have to have your protocol because the last thing you want is to spend an entire day that you didn't have billable work um, also not accomplishing any of the non-billable tasks that you need to do, you know, like Mm -hmm. in a perfect world, I would have it arranged so that, Yeah, I would train myself so that I can like promptly recognize and triage. (laughs) Like, like, okay, I have nothing in the pipeline. This might be a slow day. It's a slow day. You know, what can I do? Am I gonna just write off the afternoon? Do something fun? Come back tomorrow full steam? Am I gonna like start on my learning? Am I gonna implement new systems um, that are going to make me able to uh, accommodate more work in my feast? phase you know Mm -hmm. um because overall you're gonna make more money generally right if you can accommodate more work when you have it um so you can do that you can touch base with your contacts that you've been meaning to follow up on i mean there's a million things that are very productive that you can use your time on um it's just a matter of not like panic spiraling (laughs) <laughs> out of doing anything productive is probably, I think that's the thing I see people fall into more is they, they can't pivot fast enough. Um,
0: yeah, that's interesting. Uh, talk about that more.
1: Yeah. Um, there's a general as well, but like when something's, you know, when it's slow, you need to like, all right, well, I'm not going to be doing billable work today pivot hard are you gonna just get up and put your uh, ipad in your bag and scooter home and go for a hike are you gonna go great i've been like wanting to implement this new system so i'm gonna do that or hey the internet's been slow for like a month i'm gonna finally call uh, call um i have to interrupt
0: you with the pressing question is your house on fire
1: (laughs) I know. I was wondering if you could hear that. <laughs> I live right next to a fire station. <laughs> it's like a really cute one, too, just so you know. I think that's important to the context. Uh-huh, yes. um, it means the sirens are as loud. <laughs> they aren't as loud. They're adorable. Those were adorable sirens. And They have two poles, that, and they're always doing these comical things like grilling when you walk by. Like they're Apparently now they're attending to a fire, but mm. usually they're just doing uh, like hilarious, adorable, uh, picturesque firefighter things. Um, anyways, (laughs) um, yeah, I think pivoting and being able to just approach head on, like without fear. Okay. Today is not going to be a day about, um, you know, billable work. It's going to be either, you know, fun thing, systems thing, administrative thing um, collections thing, you know, basically you need in your do- drawer a note of all of the non billable stuff that you have. And as soon as you run out of billable stuff to do, you can just activate it and be really, really effective. So,
0: so that's really interesting and challenging to me because I really struggle to to make that pivot. I often will find myself like with nothing to work on sitting at my desk, like waiting for something to happen. And yeah, in a way that I think I need to become more accustomed to identifying and saying it's not happening today, you know right. like um the client has responded from that email, like all the next steps have you know are are blocked by something, and yeah, and so like just go like do something else, and usually if if left to my own devices. I start scouring the web and coming up with other projects for me to do that aren't billable or more software to try or uh, a different app that's going to fix this problem that I didn't realize I had until I saw and learned about that. (laughs) You know, all these kind of elements that allow me to waste a bunch of time accomplishing not always very much and not very much in the way of billable work, but also not much in the way of, all the other really important things that aren't built will work. Yeah. And, and so some of that kind of stuff, I've got to identify better to free me up to just, you know, get off my keister and, and go play golf. Yeah. Or, or what, you know, like just say, Hey, like I, I don't need to feel guilty about what this is right now. I'm obviously work plenty enough in the evenings or on the weekends or whatever to make up for this time. Like right. it's all going to get done and, and I don't have to feel stressful about it.
1: I think that will make you, I I mean, obviously I say this, I've spent so many days uh, since I've done this and before um, at where you, you're just phoning, or, I mean, not you're phoning it in, but you're, you're spending time sitting, staring at a screen when you don't have to be and you're not accomplishing anything. Mm-hmm. And it, being able to recognize when you're starting to do that and stand up and be like, Nope, <laughs> you know, it's gonna make you so much more productive the next day because you're really excited. I mean, for me, I'm really excited to get to the office when I left it 2 the day before to uh, go hike on my own, um, or whatever. Uh, I, I, you know, we, you, Rob, you and I have talked a lot about the the amount of time you have in a day, um, and how that's different than the amount of whatever the word is for uh, focus, Mm -hmm. uh, focused productivity you have, you know, you really only have so many hours. Like if you think about it really honestly with yourself, I think everybody has an embarrassingly embarrassingly low number of hours (laughs) of time in a day that they can do stuff that's productive. You know, you, you can sit at a computer for eight hours and you can do document review or data entry for you know, 20 hours, but like, can you really creatively, uh, problem solve and generate content and, you know, um, interact with people and lead meetings and stuff. And how many hours of that capability do you have each day? It's pretty, pretty low. So, Mm -hmm. um, there's no reason to just like wear yourself down staring at a computer when you've surpassed those, you know, the amount of time you have that you are able to be productive in the day.
0: Yeah. Just being able to admit it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. A, 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 on a given day, I feel like, and and I remember back previously when I was traditionally employed, if I had like a two hour block of time to work on something, it was wonderful. Like it was like, you know, I always had a big long list of projects I needed two hours of uninterrupted time to address well. Yeah. And now that I'm, I'm on my own, you know, I try to have at least three days a week where I have like a four hour block. And yeah. And it's funny because when I talk to other folks that are even folks that I've worked with in in the past, I can get so much more done in that four hours than I could have usually gotten done in a full day. So to some degree, to the point, your point earlier, like I'm still accomplishing the same amount of work. It's just not taking the same amount of time, whatever. But then also when that four hours is up, I'm usually to your more recent, point, I, I, you know, good for me, like, you know, <laughs> check the box and, and go do something that isn't as taxing mentally or, um, or, or just, you know, enjoy the freedom of, of not having to pretend like you're busy until five thirty.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe that in addition to, I mean, that would be in my top three, that Mm -hmm. capability uh, of things that I'm working on and things that I think make somebody an effective um, solo or small business owner is like that ability to just kind of cut your losses, recognize it, not beat yourself up for it and do something different.
0: One other thing that I um, would love to ask you about is... Is like passion projects, I guess, is how I would describe it.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I find myself a lot in in some of my downtime doing things that are not money making, <laughs> are not. They might have some sort of like content marketing or branding element to them, but it's distant, you know. And, <laughs>
1: like what? What are you thinking of? Um.
0: Well, I mean, one obvious example is Unfederated. For the most part, is a right. passion project for me, and and so the time I spend working on it from recording this podcast to <laughs> the in-person meetups we do here in Chattanooga to whatever absolutely flows out of that. Right. It's, it's like a community give back to the world of people that I run with, you know, Yeah. um, for, for folks like me. <laughs> and, and so that's, that's more obvious. That's, you know, serving on a board, a nonprofit board, um, doing stuff like I'm federated. That's certainly one thing. And, and I love it. And it, it's a little more obvious as to the value of it. Um, I often will do, we have a, 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 a on the other end of that spectrum, we have, uh, a concert festival in Chattanooga every year, <laughs> uh, in June, uh, it's called Riverbend. And as someone that, Lives, works, and plays in downtown Chattanooga. It is a a 10 day period where everything I love about Chattanooga is overwhelmed with everything I hate about it.
1: I'm so excited. This is like one of your grumpy old man things.
0: Yes. And it's just, it's, it's a complete get off my lawn, shaking my fist. And, and I just like, you know, the downtown is just covered with trash that's just blowing through the streets. And there's these people that I've never seen before coming in groves to like, listen to music that, you know, is not anything I would care to listen to. <laughs>
1: just want to point out that one of your passion projects is hating on this river <laughs> <laughs> all, yes it's like top two on the list <laughs> uh-huh.
0: so I a few I guess it's been a couple years ago uh, when I was working with the agency I had access to a couple developers like web developers and so I at the time I was like man I you know having gone to school for like engineering and being a very you know um, a numbers and logical kind of uh, mindset that I have, I was like, you know, it'd be cool to learn to do some development. And so I was trying to come up with something that I could do, then that would be a good like test project kind of thing. And so I I actually purchased the domain name is riverbendoveryet.com and created a <laughs> countdown that, um, that runs year, year round, <laughs> um, and, and during the festival, it counts down to when it's over. And then outside the festival, it counts down to when it starts back again. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> it's,
0: is... it's just a, a, a gross spiral of, of whatever. It's and really beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, it's funny. The uh, one of the local uh, online newspapers did a story about it two years ago. And I've actually gotten like quite a bit of attention. Like I get thousands of visits every year during Riverbend. And, um, and so, I mean, does it add anything to my personal brand? Probably to a negative degree It <laughs> probably does. <laughs> uh, Cause I don't think everyone hates Riverbend as much as I do, but, um, but you know, it was something that I got to try to learn a new skill. It's something that has gotten some notoriety and, and I just think it's funny. Like I just, I enjoy it. And if it upsets people, like, you know, I'm I'm sorry. Like I'm I'm probably still gonna do it. You know, I don't
1: feel like anybody could be as upset as you are delighted. But <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. And there's yeah.
0: there's absolutely stuff like that that just like uh you know, and as someone that works in a quote unquote creative space, although I think largely speaking, what I do is on the the lower end of the creativity spectrum for the creative industry. Sometimes it's fun to just do a project that you're super excited about. You know, like yeah. something that you feel passionately about and that is, is fun. And, and sometimes the, the momentum that you build from doing those kinds of projects really kind of bleeds into the, the other work you're doing and it makes it feel a lot more meaningful or you feel more rejuvenated as you approach that other stuff.
1: Uh, yeah, that applies. I mean, for me, it's, it's not, I don't have any of the, is Riverbend over yet. Um. Yeah, uh, but I love that. Um, I'm on a lot of boards and stuff, but that's not something I can throw myself into when it's convenient for me because it's slow. You know what I mean? So, right, it's a little like the things that I have like that. I or like I paint, um, and you know do stuff, uh, paint little silly portraits of things and then I um, do stuff around the house which is something you can throw yourself into that's productive and creative when you're slow and then like I'm always writing stuff and um, reading a bunch of books sometimes when I'm busy and a lot of lawyers feel this way we became lawyers because we love to read and write and then all you do all day long is read and write and so you never get to read for fun anymore Um, so for for uh um me, when it's like slow, I can throw myself into reading and writing for fun again, um, which does make me a better uh lawyer by extension, so I think having passion projects is just essential too, because then when you're you're talking to people, you're networking, you've got you know real experiences to talk about um And not just your job. You're a more well rounded person, which is better for everybody.
0: Yeah. And then, in the same way, in the last episode, we talked about how sales often come from less salesy environments than they do from salesy environments. I feel like for (laughs) me, inspiration for my business often doesn't come from reading like industry blogs and that sort of thing. I mean, I get information from that and that's great. But like, as far as inspiration, that's coming from, Outside sources, you know, it's, it's, it's coming from unusual places where you can take a lesson that you're learning elsewhere and, and translate it to, you know, something about your business you weren't expecting.
1: Yeah. That's how you become innovative. That's why I get so much out of like listening to your approach to business because it's different than the traditional lawyer. Um, we're not just, you know, telling each other the same thing that we know over and over again. Um, we're coming from really different places and when I can adopt something, uh, that you use in my environment, it's always uh, been really, really effective and helpful.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. You encourage me to um, leave the office and go uh, meet with people and talk with people and be friendly and um, <laughs> put myself in uncomfortable situations and, uh, in a very similar way. Good for us. Well, cool. Well, um, to kind of put a bow on this, I, I think one of the, the biggest ideas of kind of the slow time is keeping the broader context. Yeah. And we've kind of touched on that a few different ways, but you know, for someone just starting out slow times are panicky and they probably deserve to be panicky. Yeah. Uh, for someone that is in a groove, they're always going to come. There's always going to be seasons of that. And I'm curious and and I don't think either of us really have a good feel for this, but I'm curious to to see since we both have aspirations to continue Continue in the path that we're on. You know, if I've been freelancing for twenty years, thirty years, like, does is some of that going to become normalized, or am I going to become? You know, is my perspective going to open up and allow me to not feel as uncomfortable about these seasons, or will will I always just have a little, you know, a little uh, like I'm getting, a little nervous tick about yeah. about it when things are slow.
1: Wait, what do you feel like it's gotten? Um, less panicky, um, since now than when you first, first started out.
0: So when I, when I first started this, um, my wife and I put together, you know, like the the quintessential spreadsheet, the budget or whatever, and said, (laughs) my revenue goals are X, you know, like I, every, you know, I'm going to pay myself from the company every two weeks and I want to be able to pay myself X. And so to be able to pay X and move enough money over to cover quarterly tax payments, you know, I just kind of backed into the whole math of it. And, and so I think for the first bit before I was consistently hitting those revenue goals, for sure, super panicky, like constantly kind of ringing my mind as to what's a different approach. What could, you know, like what's, what's another angle. What's another uh, hole I could dig in, you know, to, to uncover something. But now that I've, I've gotten to where, it's probably been about a year, um, where there's been enough stability that, you know, that that's, that's been happening. Um, I, I still, I, well, one is I think I have enough other, you know, passion project D or, or make my business better kind of projects that it's easy to plug those in and kind of keep my mind my mind occupied Yeah, a, a bit, but, um, you know, I'm, it, it's just, uh, I think those seasons are going to come, you know, I, I just don't see that going anywhere. And I think, um, you know, next week I could, um, I'm lose a, a, a big client and right. then all of a sudden, like this could all shift. Um, I haven't, I haven't had to weather a storm like that yet, but, um, I, th- I think as long as I'm above that, that threshold, yeah, um, I, I have a, a sense of calmness that, I, I honestly don't even have, didn't even have when I was working full time, hmm. you know, cause like in that setting, there's always this like, Oh, you got to stay to five thirty to make it look like you're really putting in the time or, uh, you know, you, you screw up one thing and you feel like the attention's back on you and, and you're yeah. having to perform in a certain way, uh, under this microscope. And, and so that, that sense of, of calmness has, has been valuable, But to some degree, I don't also, I also don't want to lose it because I also think that's, you know, not having that is something that keeps me, keeps me going, you know, keeps me competitive and keeps kind of that fire under me. Yeah. yeah, So um,
1: that makes sense. I've asked a lot of people that, like people who've been doing this for a very long time. That's one of the first things I'll just ask, like at that, you know, proverbial anonymous happy hour, like, oh, so the slow times, does that ever get easier? And they're always, they always say, no
0: (laughs) just real matter of fact
1: yeah so far i've only gotten no's but you know how sometimes people it does get easier they just uh you know it's been gradual and they don't really appreciate the extreme panic of the person who's just started out and their slow time might be just complete failure it's it remains to be seen versus their slow monday where they go skiing you know
0: yeah I think, I think that points to something interesting too, because to some degree it, it ties back to in, back, back into goals. Like to know if I didn't have a number I was aiming at each month, yeah, like it would never feel like it was enough. Yeah. Y- you know, like I would always feel like if, unless I'm just don't have a minute of spare time all month long, I could always be doing more, you know? Right. And so if, if, um, if you pulled like. The, the budgeting I do for my business or the budgeting I do once money comes home from the business to our personal lives. And, and if, if I didn't have kind of a more structured approach to that, I think it would be even worse. And
1: I agree with that. Like you need to set goals and ideally set goals that are achievable. Mm-hmm. You know, you like have two separate sets of goals. That's what I have. I have the minimum amount that I, uh, achieve strive to make per year which is about half of what i actually usually am making right um and then i have you know oh it'd be great if i made that much this month or let's have a whole you know let's um set new records for this month
0: gives you a little bit of momentum or confidence to roll into that next slow season
1: yeah absolutely because you're on track and you know that Mm -hmm. so don't have don't have goals that just adjust with every single bump. You need to have long-term ones. That's a good takeaway. I need to remember to do that more.
0: Because you can almost put yourself into a situation where you, I mean, work yourself to death because there's, there's, you know, yeah. trying to think a metaphor for it, but kind of like there's a hole in your boat. If, if, yeah, if you're not working towards something that at some point you get to take your foot off the gas and enjoy and coast, yeah, then like, um, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. You, you know, what are you doing it for?
1: Absolutely. It's risky. That's for sure risky. But one of the ways to avoid it is to define those goals and, and don't move them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, good takeaway. Cool. Thanks, Rob. That was a good talk.
0: <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, For folks who have maybe gotten something helpful out of this or any of our podcasts, I'd ask you to do us a favor. And that's... um uh, review us on iTunes. Uh, that can actually take place. Podcasts always say you can review us on iTunes, but in fact, you can review us in the podcast app on your iPhone that you're more than likely listening to this podcast. in.
1: it took me so long to understand that. So yeah,
0: I don't know why people say that, but it's it's a lot more accessible than I, I realized even. Um, but I don't use the podcast app. So there you go. Uh, but it would mean the world to us if you would write us a kind review.
1: If you, uh, if you want to reach out to us and you have any, um, opinions you'd like to share <laughs> or anything else, unfederated.studio, contact us. It goes straight to me and Rob. Yeah. So,
0: well, thanks, Sarah. Good chat. We'll, we'll talk again next thanks,
1: week. Thanks bro. Talk to you soon. See ya. Have a good week.